You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. All right, no April Fool's jokes for this podcast. I I pinky promise to you, if you're listening on the morning of the 1st, which is when this is getting posted... I, this is fair warning. It's April Fool's Day. Take everything with a grain of salt. You're welcome. And I, I promise my kids hate my dad jokes. I, the worse they are, the more I like them. The more groans that I get, uh, the better. But in this case, I will not, I will not subject you to any April Fool's silliness. We're just going to get right into it because we actually have a fair amount to talk about. Right. If it feels like we are and markets are and the economy is at a fork in the road, it's because we might be, in fact, at the at a fork in the road. We're straddling differing kinds of data points here. Some good, some bad. Uh, some could be a little bit of a head fake. We'll get into consumer confidence in the second half of the podcast here, where the consumer confidence in March increased, but February was revised lower and that's happened a few times and that could be a bad sign. But we're going to start with earnings here in the U.S. because U.S. earnings and the U.S. earnings outlook is the envy of the world. As we finished, you know, talk about forks in the road. This is the first negative quarter that we've had in two years, but it's the first positive month we've had in three months, right? We've had good month, a bad quarter. March, the rebound that we've had in those last two weeks has been great. And and stocks have really rallied back nicely over the last couple of weeks. S&P 500 up more than 10% off its March 14th low. And so some would suggest that the market's sniffing out a potential compromise to end Russia's military aggression in Ukraine. That's certainly possible. But there's never a silver bullet, and that's probably not the whole story, although the odds of a more widespread conflict may have fallen recently simply because of the limited involvement of the U.S. and its NATO allies so far. Corporate profits may be another element of the bull's thinking driving this latest rebound. Not only are U.S. earnings estimates holding up in the face of war overseas and in the face of the highest inflation in 40 years, but also analyst estimates for S&P 500 index earnings per share over the next four quarters are actually up in March. Not by much, only about a percent and a half, but they're up despite all of these challenges. Now, remember, inflation means higher prices for companies selling those products, and those companies are actually enjoying quite a bit of pricing power right now, and therefore, they're able to pass along higher costs to the end consumer. Now, of course, no industry is seeing seeing stronger growth right now than oil and gas producers, and that props up kind of profits overall. But I'll, I'll post to one of the LPL charts of the day. The U.S. actually stands out 
globally with its favorable earnings outlook. So on the back of energy independence, the trajectory of U.S. corporate profits has actually been kind of unaffected by rising energy costs and inflation so far. Now, conversely, earnings expectations in international markets have actually fallen here in March. The U.S. profit outlook is the envy of the world right now. And it's a particularly good place to be as companies close the books on the first quarter today, as we record this on the 31st, and first quarter earnings season really starts to approach here in April. The reduction in earnings estimates for developed international markets this month have been marginal, just based on the Europe-heavy MSCI EFI index. Although we see some potential downside risk given Western Europe's dependent on Russian, Russian oil and gas, which we've gone over here in the past. The picture looks much worse, actually, in emerging markets where regulatory crackdowns and ongoing COVID-19 lockdowns continue weighing on China's economic growth. Uh, the MSCI Emerging Markets Index has seen its consensus earnings per share estimate for the next four quarters actually fall more than 6% in just March alone. Uh, I think this earnings divergence really supports our fairly high conviction and an overweight allocation to U.S. equities at the expense of the international developed counterparts. For emerging markets, though, we kind of remain neutral in large part, really to, due to attractive valuations, some stimulus from China, and really just kind of the need for some equity diversification. But we're watching other signals, both fundamental and technical, pretty closely in an effort to manage really what's a heightened risk around investing right now in China. So not all bad, right? The If the earnings outlook is decent and getting better, boy, earnings is, we've as we've covered, I think it was the last pa- podcast episode, actually, earnings drive a lot of what's going on. Now, it's not the only thing that drives things. And we are, as I kind of started this podcast with, we need to take a look at consumer confidence, right? I, I've heard, uh, gosh, I've, I've abused this joke. I promise no dad joke. I guess this isn't a dad joke. You know, there's an economist who's Irish, works for J.P. Morgan Asset Management. You may have seen him on CNBC, but gosh, it was more, 10, 15 years ago. He said that when Americans cut, he's always fascinated by the American consumer. And he says when Americans cut back, they stop spending $100 at Macy's and start spending $100 at Target, but they're still spending $100. And I think it's pretty it's pretty accurate. But confidence, consumer confidence, is an important part of how, how things run around here. And according to the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Index, consumer confidence increased, and I'm using air quotes, and you can't see it because it's an audio recording, but con- consumer confidence air quote increased in March to 1072 but that's based off the sizable downward revision to the initial February level. So March consumer confidence is actually lower than last month's initial estimate. And so the conference board has downwardly revised four of the last five months, indicating a much deeper crack right now in consumer confidence. Rising gas prices, volatile Russia relations explain a lot of the headwinds to confidence as consumer confidence is in March is 17 points lower than the corresponding month in 2019. Although total gas spending by the average consumer is fairly low, the ubiquitous gas sign confronts consumers constantly, even when commute distances are shorter in a post-COVID-19 economy. I mean, you can work from home. Many people can if, if you really have to and you don't want to fill up that tank. 
Given the geopolitical tensions with Russia, sustained domestic inflation worries, consumer confidence, as you might expect in the coming months, is likely going to be suppressed. But here's the but. Consumer confidence doesn't always foreshadow a recession. So the real question is, how do we interpret this report in light of these uncertain economic times? The real significance of this report stands out in the individual questions. But first, let's look at the historical levels of the headline index. A decline in consumer confidence does not always foreshadow an imminent recession. I can post to another one of LPL charts, but the index fell in in mid-1980s and throughout the 1990s, and recessions did not immediately follow. On the contrary, during the late 1980s, consumer confidence steadily rose after the low point in January 1987. So even though recession risks are rising right now, I mean, we have to be honest with one another. We have recession risks increasing as a yield. Well, we're not. this isn't going to be a yield curve podcast, but there are signs that recession risks are rising. But the, our base case scenario is that we don't have any recession in the U.S. this year, and that assumes that the Federal Reserve doesn't over-tighten and supply constraints kind of begin to ease just to list a few risks to growth. The the week survey, though, in January and February is consistent with the overall narrative right now that Q1 GDP growth is likely to be very low. But if inflation pr- pressures subside and the labor market remains solid, GDP growth should actually recover in the second half of this year or maybe a little bit later. So the devil here is in the details, and there are plenty of warning signs, right? This dissecting the consumer confidence report reveals a few interesting tidbits about our current economic situation. Consumers indicate that the labor market is still very tight in March, which builds anticipation for a rosy employment report on April 4th. Uh, if we believe the confidence board survey, unemployment's likely to stay pretty low in March, while March job gains approach 400,000. The difference between consumers reporting jobs are are plentiful versus those reporting jobs are hard to find is the highest right now in history. Really, consumers' view of the labor market is the rosiest on record. So to expect the job market to remain, we would expect the job market to remain tight until participation rates actually start to increase. Also, respondents uh, this month indicate softening demand for autos, especially used autos. So this is starting to break a little bit. Throughout this recovery, inflation metrics were boosted by high used vehicles. And this month's report from the conference board implies that auto sales are actually going to begin to slow, which actually relieves some pricing pressure on both new and used car prices. And the conference board reportedly uh, reported steady home buying plans for the next six months. Rising mortgage rates could start affecting home buyers in the future, but there's no evidence yet because inventory still remains pretty low. So inflation infl- inflation expect- expectations jump to the highest on record. That also signs, sends a warning sign to the Fed. The consumer survey has to be compared with market expectations, which communicates something a lot less drastic, right? The market expects longer-term inflation to hover around 2.5% five years from now. But the regional measures of this, of this survey show a divided country. Here, the, the country experienced the pandemic-induced recession of 2020 and the subsequent recovery in way, way different ways. Some industries successfully shifted from commercial office to home office. Other industries shifted from open assembly lines to completely co- closed operations. But regions with a concentration of remote work flexibility could weather the storm better than regions that had a concentration of location-specific work, like manufacturing and services. And as of March 2022... 
consumer confidence in the New England region, which includes Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, has improved really since March 2019. Yet states in the central region of the U.S. are far from returning to pre-COVID-19 confidence levels. The mountain region, which includes states relying on tourism, is far faring easily the worst. So where do we land with all of this, right? What's the what's the takeaway here? And I think the takeaway here is that consumers are feeling the headwinds from lingering supply constraints, rising rates, and persistent inflation. So in, the, in upcoming reports, these consumer confidence reports, we're really going to be closely monitoring the home buying plans, labor market participation, and the bi-monthly vacation plans. The underlying details of the report should actually give us a pretty good read on the consumer. But for now, the yellow light of caution is flashing. And this yellow caution light is one of a few others that are signaling that a storm may be off in the distance. Just because a storm is off in the distance, in the distance, does not mean that it's here. I'm sure we are going to cover a yield curve kind of subject here on the podcast because it's going to, if, if it stays inverted, it's going to become the next topic du jour that everybody is going to be wringing their hands over. And so we'll address it here. But suffice to say that things are good, but the outlook isn't as rosy maybe as it's as we've become used to it being over these last couple of years it was as we've emerged from covid so we've got a little bit longer today than we usually do i'm gonna leave it right there i appreciate you listening have a great weekend i look forward to talking to you in the next one the advisors with ford financial group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through lpl financial member finra and sipc Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.